<clears throat> Hello, Rob Z. This is Preston. I'm actually coming to you from Red Lion, PA, outside of York. However, I used to live in Johnstown. I actually was from there around 95, 97 through June 2008. So I was a big fan of your show. Um, I, I was listening to you when you guys had your hot simulcast. And I listened to your morning show when that went on. But I just want to say, you know, you're funny, you're awesome, and just keep doing what you're doing. I just subscribed to your podcast about a month or so ago, and um, I love it. Pretty interesting stories, and it's pretty awesome to hear what you got going on. And uh, most importantly, I am one of your Facebook fans. I'm one of your, sorry, I'm one of, one of your YouTube subscribers too, which I missed your live video the other day, but I'll definitely check that out on my own time. But just wanted to check in and wish you good luck and everything and let you know that I'm listening. So if you can, on your next podcast or or your next post or whatever, give me a shout out. And I thank you for doing what you do and you have a good day. I'm actually going to gear up for bed because it's after one in the morning when I record this, so... I'm going to gear up for bed now, but keep doing what you're doing. Good luck on your marketing campaign, because in this day and age, we all need we all need success. So I wish you a good day, Rob C., and thank you very much. Okay, so that's uh, a, a new message that was left on my voicemail. If you guys ever want to leave a voicemail for me, you can at 814-799-0064. It's 814-799-0064. Preston. You made me feel so good with that message. There's no better feeling I've ever had in my entire life than when somebody who uh, has listened to me through the, throughout the years reaches out like you did, my friend, and leaves me an awesome, super nice message like that. Uh, I just try to come across as genuine as I possibly can as a human being, as to who I actually am. And uh, apparently for some people, that really resonates and gets through. So Preston, thank you. And you sound like a genuine guy as well. So... Thank you for listening for all these years. Thank you for the support. Thank you for leaving that message. I got a little teared up whenever I listened to that. I just got a little choked up listening to it right there on the podcast because it just means a lot to me that uh, that you guys understand that this is me. This isn't some character that's, of course, Rob Z is not my real name, uh, <laughs> but but you get the idea. Like it's I'm a, I'm a real person, and these are like this is really me. So th- that was really Preston, and uh, really man, thank you for putting yourself out there like that, for putting that message out there. That means a lot to me. If you ever want to reach me, like I said, eight one four seven nine nine zero zero six four. You can say whatever you want on those messages. They don't need to be heartfelt, like what Preston did. They can be goofy. They can be ridiculous. I love I love everything. So whatever you want to drop on me, even if you want to troll me, please go for it. And I'll most likely put them on the podcast. That's a ninety nine percent chance. If you need to find me on social media, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram, Rob Z Radio. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Snapchat. It's Rob Z. Yo, let's start this thing. This is Godly Radio. Uh, so today's podcast, I guess, will just be a continuation of my meditation journey. Uh, I've done a couple of these. If you look back in my podcast records, you're going to notice that uh, a lot of my episodes are gone for legal reasons. Uh, but if you did listen to some of my old episodes about meditation, you know I've been meditating now for it's almost two years coming up here in, in June. So we're, we're pretty much at the two-year mark. And man, is it 
uh, they everything that I listen to, people that I listen to, not just in meditation, but just in life in general, uh, things it takes things at least 18 months to really stick. You can really get the ball rolling in three months to have like a, a lifestyle change, but for things to really stick and to really impact your life and you, where you can really notice a significant change from those things, it's 18 months, which is pretty much like a year and a half. And I'm past that 18-month mark. And... I 100% agree with that theory that 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 amount of time definitely leaves an impressionable uh, change and impact on your psyche, on your brain, your cognitive functioning. I'm using big words, right? I sound important. I'm not that important. I'm not that smart. Uh, but I just I, I read a lot now. So and when I say read a lot. I read two times a day for 10 to 15 minutes at a time. So and on any given day, I'll read anywhere from 10 or I'll read anywhere from 20 to like 35 minutes. All right. So I'm not reading some crazy amount. When people say they read a lot, I often wonder like, what do you, does that mean you read like five hours a day or do you read like for a, a couple pages a day? Cause I'm, I'm not like a speed reader or anything. It takes me a little while to get through a book and I'm usually reading like four or five books at a time because I have ADD and I like to jump around. Uh, but I just, whenever I'm in the zone of reading, uh, you know, 10 minutes, I can get through hopefully 10 pages if I'm really going. But if I'm really paying attention to something and concentrating, uh, I'm only going to read like three or four or five pages in 10 minutes. And that's perfectly fine. So don't think if, if you're if you're a reader or if you're like, oh God, I can't read. Oh man, I can't like sit down and do that all the time. I only read like 10 minutes at a time. Usually it's, it's like twice a day, 10, 15 minutes at a time. So it's simple. That's just my jump off point. That's kind of off topic. But uh, with my meditation practice, uh, I've used Headspace for two years now. Headspace is an app. You can download it for free. You get 10 sessions for free. Then you can pay for it monthly or pay for it by year. I pay for it by year. It's like 90 bucks a year. And you might say, 90 bucks a year? That's a gigantic waste of money. Now, if you want to change your life and change your mindset, it's not. And that that will happen. And that's like a proven thing with meditation. You sit down. You take it seriously one day at a time. And you're going to notice some significant changes in your life. I've noticed those things. Um, my stress, my anxiety. Uh, you know, how could I? How could I explain how it changes you? You, you? You're not as much of a slave to your brain as you uh, use, usually are. And I've been a, a head case most of my life, so a slave to what's going on in my brain. So instead of uh, just letting my brain run free, and I'm just trying to catch up. I now can kind of navigate what I'm thinking about, why I'm thinking about what I'm thinking about, and how can I separate myself and distance myself to understand that my thoughts are not me. And I'm sure you've heard this before, like you are not your thoughts. Very simple to say. Very, very, very difficult to understand. I'm still trying to understand it. And I'm sure, you know, Buddhist monks are still in some way, shape, or form. They slip sometimes. They still try and work on understanding. Because life's a, life's a, it's a journey. There's not an end game. It's a journey. So you're constantly working on things. And when I say that, like, your thoughts aren't your own, like, we define ourselves as the things that we think in our head, but we never recognize that we can control the things that we think in our head. I'm not saying it's easy, for God's sake. It's easy to say super, super hard to do, especially the longer you've lived, the harder it is to change those patterns. But uh, you put the work in, 18 months, 
uh, at least in my case, I've noticed a significant difference. One, another reason with meditation that I've noticed a significant difference is a book called Wherever You Go, There You Are. It's mindfulness meditation in everyday life. I actually found out about this book because of Rick Rubin, the record producer, the music producer, the guy who like found the Beastie Boys and run DMC and released some and helped produce some of the Red Hot Chili Peppers' greatest albums of all time. He's worked with Eminem, like Rick Rubin. He worked with Johnny Cash. Like Rick Rubin is a freaking god when it comes to music, right? And he's this you know pot-bellied, big-bearded Buddhist-looking dude. Well, he's not so pot-bellied anymore. He's starting to get himself in shape, but he's just. A beautiful, amazing human being. I love Rick Rubin so much. If you don't know anything about him, I think I think I found out about this book. I'm pretty sure I found out about it because he had an interview with Kendrick Lamar. Look up, look up Rick Rubin. It's R U B I N. And I'm sure if you're listening, you know who Kendrick Lamar is, one of the greatest rappers of the current generation of hip hop. Uh, those two dudes sit down on a couple of chairs in the grass and I think they're doing a music shoot or something and they sit down and they just talk. It was for a magazine or something, for a website. And my God, was I inspired by that conversation because I love Kendrick Lamar. I love, I love Rick Rubin. And I believe in that interview, I think that's where this is from, that he mentions the book, Where Wherever You Go, There You Are. Or it may have been with Tim Ferriss. He also has an interview with Tim Ferriss on Tim Ferriss's podcast. So Tim Ferriss which I would hope you know about him. It's F-E-R-R-I-S-S. I think there's two S's. But look up Rick Rubin, Tim Ferriss. Listen to that podcast because it also is unbelievable. Rick Rubin's like just, he's so zen. He's so just calm and collected and a very, very interesting and cool individual. So I found out about this book through him. Uh, and this is after I'd already been meditating for over a year and I started reading this book. It's by John Kabat-Zinn. I'm not sure how to say his last name, but it's K A B A T. Z-I-N-N. And John, just J-O-N. Yeah, one of those Johns, right? Like, oh, how do you spell your name? Is it Jonathan? Oh, it's John without the H. Oh, this guy. I mean, your parents did that, but whatever. (laughs) Sorry. I'm getting into weeds, man. Uh, Wherever you go, there you are. And I'm going to flip to page 121 because I was reading this last night and I just had some information that hit me. And I thought, this is some really good stuff that I want to share. Uh, not necessarily, and this is interesting, it's not necessarily about meditation itself. Uh, it's just about the usual suspects in our brain. Okay, I'm just going to go from the passage that I was reading. Uh, it also seemed long enough to allow... So he's talking about the length of time you should meditate daily. Now, this guy suggests 45 minutes. Uh, that seems like a long time for some people who don't have a lot of time. I do 20 to 40 minutes a day, depending on what my day looks like. I do some morning meditation. I do some nighttime meditation. Uh, usually the morning meditation is 10 to, fi- 10 to 20. The nighttime meditation, 10 to 20. So from any given day, just like reading, I'm doing uh, anywhere from 20 to 40 minutes of meditation. Uh, so he suggests 45 minutes. I'll just read right from what he, what he said. And he said, we went with 45 minutes as the basic required practice time at home every day. 45 minutes seemed long enough to settle into stillness and sustained attending from moment to moment. Because uh, meditation is all about being in the moment, uh, being able to follow your breath and, and, and let your mind clear so that you're here and not swimming in your brain somewhere in the past or in the future. Uh, and the 45 minutes thing, like you'll notice with, with meditation, if you do it, if you start to do it, there's the first 10 minutes, you're kind of scrambled. It's it's just like your brain calming down. And even if you just do 10 minutes, that's great. But once you get past like the 20 minute mark, 
And then I've only done 45-minute meditations, like maybe a handful of times. And you do sink into a spot where things become very calm. And you can kind of see your brain. What I mean by that, you can see your thoughts more clearly. You can see what's how your brain operates and how it throws thoughts at you more clearly. Let me continue with the reading because, oh my God, I'm just going to keep talking and interjecting here. Um, so they say that the 45 minutes is perhaps to experience at least tastes of a deepening relaxation and a sense of well-being. It also seemed long enough to allow for ample opportunity to engage the more challenging mind states that we ordinarily hope to avoid because they take over our lives and severely tax when they're not completely overwhelming us. Like they're either these mindsets either tax our brains or completely overwhelm our brains and our ability to remain calm and mindful. Now this is this is the part that I want to talk about because this is super important. I, at least I I this hit me like reading through it the second time cuz I'm like just scanning through the book the second time and I was like wow this is impactful. This is very important because the more challenging mind states that we have in our brain, we hope to avoid these mind states. And this is the crazy thing. Just like anything else in life, the things you try to avoid are the things that like eat you alive, right? If there's that person you're avoiding to talk, talking to, that thing you're avoiding to do because it makes you nervous or anxious, um, any situation, just think of that situation in your life right now. I could think of dozens of them that I'm like, oh, well, I don't want to do that. I'm going to avoid it. It scares me. That's the thing that you must face, but you must face it with a calmness, with an understanding, with some love, and with some, like, hey, I know that this feeling is inside of me. I know it's there. I have to just sit with it. I have to deal with it. And when you sit there and deal with the things, instead of avoiding the things, you realize, number one, that they weren't nearly as scary as you made them out to be because you built it up in your head. Uh, and number two, you realize that they're just there as a... Uh, a precaution. They're just there as a, you know, a mechanism to to help you to help because before the world, I'm going to get into the weeds real quick again, but before we lived in this very comfort comforting world, if you live in the United States, like things are easy, man. I mean, I don't know what your life is like, I'm sorry, but compared to hundreds of years ago where you had to like go into the woods and kill animals and, you know, fight off people for your home and you had to fight to live. And you had to protect your family and you had to like have a farm to get your food. And, you know, things were much more difficult than they are now. So even if you're struggling right now, understand that the struggle was real long, a long time ago, much more than it is right now. I'm not making light of your situation. I don't know what your situation is, but I hope you understand what I'm saying with that. And uh, your brain still uses these things. Now, the usual suspects <clears throat> are boredom, impatience. Frustration, fear, anxiety, which would include worrying about all the things that you might be accomplishing if you weren't wasting your time meditating. <laughs> Fantasy, memories, anger, pain, fatigue, and grief. Now, things like pain and anger and uh, fear and anxiety, those were the things that back in the day we needed as the, we needed those to survive. Like you needed fear to survive because you had to know about those things that you were afraid of. You had to know, like if you went to the certain part of the woods, like there's a bear and he might eat you. You know, you, you might need, uh, what's another one here? You might need, you know, pain to understand like, this is pain. I, I don't want to go to this place again because this could like severely hurt me or my family. 
I hope that makes sense because now we have a lot of these things. Like we don't really experience a lot of real fear in our day to day lives. At least I don't. I hope you don't. I hope your life isn't like that. But but real fear, you know, you think of like talking to somebody or like going into a public setting. That brings on fear. Brings on anxiety. Brings on these things that uh, really aren't. They're not. They're not real. It's not a real, dangerous, scary, life-threatening situation. We just don't have any real, dangerous, life-threatening situations in our lives to compare it to. So then it becomes that thing because we don't—we have nothing to compare it to. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. We have to make up situations that are scary because we don't actually have scary situations. Unless you live in like a very dangerous household or you have dangerous people around you or the, the, the place you live is like that, then then I, I feel for you. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to make light of your situation. I'm just trying to help you to understand what this book is talking about. But those usual suspects. So how many of us get bored? Anymore, I don't get bored that often. When I was a kid, I can remember being bored all the time. But when I got older and I, I realized like the only reason you're bored is because you're not pursuing things that you love, right? Like you're not actively going after you. You don't have like you're procrastinating. Like you're, you're, you're doing things that you don't really care about because uh, you're doing things just to avoid other things. This is a great example for me with like whenever I was in school and I had homework, like I would avoid homework like the plague. So I'd be bored because I'd have nothing to do because the thing I knew I had to do was not getting done, which would then cause me anxiety and then cause me fear that I was going to go in and fail the test. And it's like this, this cycle, right? Um, impatience. Oh my God. Impatience. That we're, we're the impatient generation. Cell phones, it's just, it, it, it breeds impatience. Uh, frustration. How many of us get frustrated on a daily basis? I get frustrated like, I feel like every 10 to 12 minutes I'm frustrated about something. <laughs> but you got to just understand that it, uh, it's uh, frustrations. Uh, frustrated, incorporated. What, who sang that song? I can't remember, but it's a 90s jam. Oh, God my brain. Uh, but frustration, very common fear, anxiety, obviously worrying. I mean, for the love of God, how many of us worry? And if you meditate, this is very true. If you start meditating, you'll, you'll find this out right away. Worrying. I love that he writes worrying about all the things that you might be accomplishing if you weren't wasting time meditating because meditating seems like a waste of time. And I've, I am the culprit of uh, me, man, in my head, I always feel like, well, this is something I don't need to be doing. I'm wasting my time. I'm wasting my time. I need to use my time better. And meditation helps with realizing that you don't need to occupy every day with everything so your brain feels constantly activated. It needs some time to chill. How much time do you need to chill on a daily basis, let alone the time you sleep? Sleeping is chilling. Now, you sleep for six to eight hours a day or maybe eight to ten hours a day, depending on what your life is like. And then you also, you don't consider that to be enough relaxation. You don't realize, you don't think of that as being enough downtime. You also take downtime to watch TV, to watch movies, you know, to hang out with people. So, man, there's so much time in the day where you think you might be wasting, uh, but you really... You're not because it's all part of life. You can't you can't go with full throttle, bah, pedal to the metal your whole life. It doesn't work. And uh, meditating has taught me that a lot because I've always had an issue with missing. I've always felt like I was missing out. I always felt like I was wasting my time, and it's just not true. Like it's just you have to just sit back, kick back, and relax. And whenever you are doing something productive, put yourself all into that thing, and then you won't be wasting your time. 
fantasy. Man, do I love fantasy. Now, fantasy could be, you know, that, that can be the breeding ground for anxiety and worry because fantasy is just thinking of things that aren't real. Fantasy. And that usually, uh, in my case, is worrying about the future. Fantasy is about the future. What's going to happen? What is what might happen? How might it be terrible? It depends on your brain. Now, my wife, Nini Z, I, I envy her, and she's taught me a lot because she her fantasies are positive. Like She's always thinking in a positive manner, looking at people in a positive way, situations in a positive way. Myself, on the other hand, my fantasies turn into what might happen and how is it going to affect me badly, which might be a, a lot of you out there. And, you know, it's it's fear, it's anxiety, it's worrying, and it's exhausting. Worrying about the future is exhausting. And if you can just let go of that a little bit, God, does it help a lot. Uh, and also, fantasy is the past, too, because we make up stories about the past. Right? We all have our own way of vis- envisioning the world, and we all view the world in different ways, and uh, we all remember memories differently. Like Two people could be in the same situation at the same time and have different memories of how things went down. You and somebody else could have a conversation. You could think the conversation went horribly and that they didn't like you and that you know you were uh, you know bothering them the whole time. They, on the other hand, may have been totally engaged in the conversation and loved what you two had to talk about and thought you were a very good person to talk to. But it all depends on how your brain works. It's, it's very interesting. So fantasy is that, and fantasy is just anything else that you're, you're creating in your mind. Now, with fantasy, there's memories. Memories are just... I, I've, I've always thought, and we always thought, like, you know, the memories of this and that. Like, you hold on to these memories, and you keep them in your heart. And it's interesting that a lot of times, our memories don't serve us well. Our memories are not correct. We don't remember things exactly how they happen, and we kind of twist memories into the way we want to remember them, or the way we actually think they happen, when if there was a camera, I often wish there was like a hovering camera that followed me around uh, to record my life, just so I could see what actually happened compared to what I think happened. Now, obviously, I would not want a camera 24 hours a day documenting my life. It, It would probably drive me crazy. But just in certain certain situations, it would be cool to have a Google car drive by and record me and be like, hey, dude, stop being paranoid. That's actually not what happened. This was the real life situation. It'd be convenient at times. Um, anger, for God's sake. How many of us get angry? It's like, it's impossible not to. Yesterday, I got angry at Max because we left Chuck E. Cheese uh, for a birthday party and he had a mental breakdown because he didn't want to get in the car because he's tired. And uh, I don't get angry at him for that. I understand little kids get tired. But when he starts screaming... And screaming, and Max like has this high pitched, like almost to the point where I can't even hear the scream anymore. It's such such a such a high decibel, and dogs start barking and running towards us. Like I'm like, oh god, this this is getting bad. That's when my anger kicks in. I just I I I don't want to get mad, but there's something about that level of screaming from a little kid that's like <laughs> just drives like a oh my brain. Uh, so there's one of those things that causes anger, pain. And I just I don't just mean physical pain. I think a lot of us, how many of us on a daily basis experience physical pain? And I'm not talking about going to the gym and like putting yourself through pain, right? I mean like how often is how often are we actually getting hurt? Like I'm trying to think of like the last time I was legitimately hurt from something, it would be probably throwing my back out outside. I mean I have phantom pain in my body. We all have a lot of phantom pain and nagging issues uh, that stress, anxiety, fear and worry kind of bring on. I won't get into that right now because it's a lot of heady stuff that it just, 
even me saying it sounds like it's it's ridiculous, but it, it is true. But when I'm talking about pain, I'm talking about like emotional pain because I don't think a lot of us experience very much physical pain. We try to avoid pain at all costs. But emotionally in our head, man, a lot of us are living in pain every day. And you might be like, I never live in pain. Oh, I'm totally cool with everything in my life. You're not, right? You're, there's some sort of thing that you're worrying about that's causing you pain, like a, a regret or something like that. I feel like pain is a lot of regret. And uh, that's just another one of these things that, that meditation helps to bring to the surface. And you think, like, why would I want to bring these thing to the, things to the surface? Well, because you're, if you suppress them and you act like they're not there your entire life, you're not going to be okay. It's not okay. And, and it's just, it, I don't know how else to say it. I don't know what other words to put it in. It's not okay. You have to let your body, and I'm not saying like sit there and harp on them and beat yourself up over them. The idea of meditation is these thoughts, these emotions, these culprits that they're talking about, the usual suspects in your brain always creep up throughout the day. They creep up at certain times. How do we deal with them? We, Me, I deal with them by pushing them down, trying to ignore them and, and changing the subject. But if you let them come up, you notice them. And this happens in meditation. These, these things come up, you notice them. Uh, you do get, especially when you first start in meditation, you do get sucked into them. You live in them and you relive the moments and the situations in your mind. But once you can learn to see them come up and you uh, recognize, well, there they are. There's pain. That's frustration. That's anxiety. That's fantasy. And just let it go. Like, ah, it's there. It's gone. Just be like, hey, I see you. You know, just how everybody out there wants to be heard. Somebody who's depressed, somebody who's down, somebody who's hurt. Uh, they just want to be heard. They they don't they're not looking for some sort of you know. I'm, I'm sure some people are, but I was going to say they're not looking for some sort of immediate solution. A lot of people just want to be heard, and if you don't listen to somebody and let them speak their mind, just like your brain, then they're never going to feel better, and it's always going to be a constant issue that's hovering over you and them in the situation. So if you can let those things come up and you can kind of let them go, uh, it's, it's amazing. And fatigue, man, fatigue on this list. So fatigue is all, it, it, fatigue is caused by all of these things. Hold on a second. I need a drink. I've been drinking green tea lately. Like, listen, I'm such a, like a hipster, man. Reading meditation books, drinking green tea at 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm almost totally sick of myself at this point. Um, but the, the fatigue is really interesting uh, because fatigue is caused by impatience. Fatigue is caused by boredom, frustration, fear, anxiety, worry, uh, memories, remembering bad memories, anger, pain, grief, which is the next one on this list. Uh, fatigue is, I think, caused by all of these things. Mental stress. Because a lot of us don't, uh, I mean, I try three to four to five, sometimes days a week, physically exert myself to the point where I'm completely exhausted and I have real fatigue. And whenever you have real fatigue, you notice that all of those other things that are bothering you go away. Like, I don't know if you lift weights, uh, if you do yoga, run, any sort of physical activity that really wears you out and taxes your body. Uh, when you're done with that thing, you get they, they talk about the runner's high. If you lift weights, you know about the, that pump. You get that pump and that high when you're done lifting where nothing really bothers you. If you ever have tried yoga, you know after a yoga class or after your yoga exercise, um, which for me, DDP yoga is what I've been doing lately. And after DDP yoga, after 40 minutes and I lay on the ground because the end of the workout is you laying on the ground with your arms and legs spread out and you just relax. 
I don't have a worry in the world and I'm not fatigued. I feel so alive. Fatigue sets in when you sit there and you worry about this shit on a constant basis and you're constantly beating yourself up with anger and frustration and anxiety and it's crazy because it sounds uh, it, it sounds so simple but it's so hard to avoid. Fatigue is real, man, let alone the fatigue of lack of sleep, the fatigue of having children. My God, is that a fatigue? Oh, it's exhausting. <laughs> it's, the best, it's the best kind of exhausting ever though. And, uh, and grief is the last one on the list here. So grief also comes along. Grief is like guilt. And uh, my wife gets so mad at me. Nini Z gets mad at me because I'm a guilt-ridden kind of person. It's passed down generation to generation. And I got that generational gene, I guess, of just feeling guilty. And sometimes I pass the guilt onto her. And I don't mean to do that. But uh, that's just the way my mind works. It's another reason why I meditate. Because I'm trying to sort my brain out and just let my brain realize, hey, man, like, you're going to think things that you're not going to like. You're going to experience things that you're not going to like. It's not how you react to it. It's not, it's not how they affect you. It's like, how can you deal with them? How can you see them, understand these things, and you can let them go? And uh, this is a gigantic part of meditation for me. And I'm going to read just one more part from this page. This is the next, uh, this is page 123, and wherever you go, there you are. It says, The sincerity of your effort matters far more than the elapsed time that you put into the effort. This is talking about meditation, but this could apply to anything. Since we are really talking about stepping out of minutes and hours and into moments, which are truly dimensionless and therefore infinite, that might sound complex, but what they're saying is, do you ever sit there and stare at the clock? And, like, the minutes go by and the hours go by and it, it looks like when you're in school. I can remember being in school and looking at the clock and it, or at a stupid job that I hated. And the clock would, like, one minute would take 45 minutes, you know? But if you sit there and you live in, in moments instead of hours and minutes, it becomes much easier to manage because those moments, there's no time attached to them. Like, say, breathing. There's no time attached to my breath. There's no time attached to that moment right there. Right now you're listening to me. There's no time attached to this moment. You may have a, an internal time clock running that there's things you got to get done and you're wondering why am I still listening to Rob ramble on about this stuff. But if you break it down, like this is just a moment in time. Time is not real. Oh, man. Oh, this dude's such a total hippie, ridiculous. I, I, I can't even listen to him anymore. He's ridiculous. Um, but time's like something we made up, right? It, it, we need it. It helps us to keep our day on track. It helps us to keep our life on track and to track the you know, cycles of the earth or whatever. I don't know what the technical terms are. But it's just made up. Like If you're living in moments, you're living in like a timeless space and not saying you can live your life there. Because you need time to keep yourself on track and you've got to like follow the rest of the world who lives by time as well. I hope that made sense. This, I, I say this stuff and sometimes I feel like I'm ridiculous. But then I realize that somebody wrote a whole freaking book about it, so I'm not ridiculous. It's real. Uh, so if you have some motivation to practice even a little bit, that is what is important. They say mindfulness needs to be kindled and nurtured. And mindfulness is just what I was just talking about, living in moments protected from the winds of a busy life or a restless and tormented mind. Just a small flame needs to be sheltered from strong gusts of air. Yeah, so I'll leave you with that. That's a, a passage from... Why do I say passage? It just sounds so weird. I sound so scholarly. 
That's a passage from the book. Wherever you go, where you are, that's where you are. I found that. I'm annoyed by myself, but it's all very true. So uh, hopefully you got something out of this. I definitely, most certainly did. Wherever you go, there you are. Mindfulness meditation in everyday life. Buy it on Amazon. I, I got it for super cheap on Amazon. I think I got it for like eight bucks, and it is a super, super good book. If you already meditate, I highly suggest getting it. If you haven't meditated, try Headspace. Get the book. Kind of do maybe the same, the two at the same time. I have more meditation episodes coming up because I just found out about a brand new book that uh, has really changed my practice, has changed my mental state, and if you have any issues with addiction, uh, which I'll probably get into on the podcast about this other book, that's coming up. It's 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 on the way. It's in the pipeline, and it's going to be called. Uh, I Want to Change My Life, I think is the name of that book. Uh, but I'll, I'll talk about that one in the future. But right now, in the present moment, oh, see what I did there? You can leave me a voicemail, just like Preston did at the start of this podcast. Preston, I love that voicemail. and I, It doesn't need to be something serious like that. It can be something totally goofy. I love anything you want to throw at me. I just want to know what's up. I just want to know like what's going on with you and in your brain. So throw me something, 814 799 Social media, Facebook and Instagram is Rob Z Radio. Twitter and Snapchat is Rob Z Yo. And I'm doing some things coming up to help kids. And I'm, I'm going to try to bring meditation to, to kids. Uh, this is one of my missions. Because I think more than ever, this uh, the, the world we live in right now, the fast-paced breakneck speed that our, our culture is moving in, we need meditation more than ever. So hopefully I can spread that message and hopefully uh, you get what I'm saying. If you don't get what I'm saying and you made it the whole way to the end of this podcast, I don't know. What were you doing this whole time? You just leave it sit there and you just like, this guy's a moron, but I'm going to leave it play the whole time. If you'd leave me a rating on iTunes, that would be amazing because I need to, the more ratings you get on iTunes, the more uh, stars you get on there, the further reach your podcast gets and the more people see it. So if you like what I do and you follow me, please leave a rating. Just put like three, four, five stars. Don't leave below three stars. If you're leaving one or two stars, what are you listening to me for? Like, I'm not being mean to you. You know, just stop listening. Don't leave me a bad rating. Uh, But say something. If you want to leave me a bad rating, I guess you can. But it's a real jerk move to do. And I don't understand that what you're living. You're just a troll. And uh, even though I do enjoy trolls, I, I would rather them not review my podcast. Okay, I'm rambling once again. I will talk to you next time, guys. Thank you. See you. That's brutal.